Amen. You can turn your Bibles if you want. Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verse number two. And I don't know if you guys have ever been like me. Um, have you ever been to a destination vacation spot and you're there and you're like, I'm never going home. Amen. Like I, I exactly. I remember when we were on our honeymoon. The cool thing about being a pastor is when you go to these places, you can easily see yourself just starting a church. Be like, you know what? This is gorgeous. This is amazing. I feel God calling me to start a church here. Amen. Like I'll just live here. Right. And, and I just began to think about my message and, and, and how it ties into where God wants to take us. And, and I began to think about that in, in our life, how much, you know, we get to these places, you know, in the natural and they're gorgeous, they're beautiful. They're amazing. You experience like just, you know, whatever, like it's just, Oh, this is awesome. Right. Like the sand and the waves and the wind and the sun and, and, and the, and the food and, and you don't clean the house right? You don't have to worry about anything. You just are like bliss, right? You're just like, this is a form of heaven on earth. Amen. And, and you don't want to go home, do you? I mean, do I have friends? Can I see some hands? You've been to that place. All right. A couple of you will pray for the rest of you to find a place like that because it's amazing. And, uh, and so as I began to pray and ask God what to share, I, I shared some of this on Tuesday night with the young people, but I feel God's changed it a little bit um, for you guys that are younger than them. And uh, hopefully it'll speak to your heart this morning. And as I think about our, our, our lives and, and what God wants to do through us, um, why I shared that is because how many have ever had a round trip ticket? Amen. Like usually when you go somewhere, I'm, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to take my family later this year. And, and unfortunately I couldn't book it as a one-way ticket. I would love to have booked it as a one-way ticket. Amen. Not because I don't love you people, but I really just would rather stay there. Amen. And, uh, but we had to have that round trip ticket. And sometimes I wonder in our Christian walk, if, if we've booked a one-way ticket with God, or if we've booked a round trip ticket just in case God doesn't come through. Amen. Just in, just in case God doesn't work. Just in case I don't get what I want from God. Just in case it, it doesn't work like I think it should work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a round trip ticket or I'm going to keep some stuff in the backpack. I'm going to keep some stuff locked up in the closet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep some things just in case God's promise doesn't come to pass in my life or maybe God's promise doesn't look like I think it should look. So we're going to talk about that today. Amen. Point number one, how do we get to this place of promise that God has for our life? And um, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number two says, keep your eye on Jesus. Point number one, how do we get to this place of promise and how do we stay in this place of promise? Number one, you keep your eyes on Jesus. And you're like, well, Pastor Sean, that's super simple. I, I love Jesus. How many of us love Jesus in the house this morning? Cool, like five of you. Awesome. Okay, there's a couple more. Sweet. A couple of you love Jesus. And uh, it's easy to say I love Jesus, isn't it? It's easy to go, I love him, man. He's, he's, my, he's my number one. He's my homie. He's my click. He's my dog. He's my whatever. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Okay, he's my, he's my guy. Like, he is with me no matter what, right? But, but then it's another thing when people get involved. Right? Like, I'm good with Jesus. It's all his people that get to me. He says, keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what, no matter who comes and goes in your life, you got to keep your eye on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. How many of you guys have ever been a racer? 
like a anybody i'm not i hate running running is not okay but maybe you like it i have a car for anything over one mile okay i pay a lot of money for car insurance i pay a lot of money for that car i'm driving that thing if it's farther than a mile okay period let's just get that straight okay don't ever ask me to go on a run pointless okay i'm not going to do it i'll follow you in the car i'll pick you up at the end of the destination okay but our life is like a race Okay, how many of you have, I mean, I have tried to run. The most I've gotten, I haven't crossed the three-mile mark. They say that you get into this click when you get to a certain point. I got to almost three miles, no click. All I wanted was to sit down and finish the donut, okay? Period, okay? I've tried every gimmick. I've tried expensive shoes. I've tried inserts. I've tried stretching. I've tried vib the vibration machine we have at the gym, supposed to loosen you up so you can run forever. Okay, I've tried pre-workout stuff. I've tried everything, and I don't care. I get to one mile, and I'm like, I'm done. Do I have any friends? Like, you're like, forget this thing, right? Well, Jesus, Paul goes, keep your eye on Jesus who began and finished the race that we're in. I don't know about you guys, but, but it gets fatiguing sometimes being in this race called life, isn't it? And, and it, sometimes it's not so much that you're fatigued, it's the people around you that, that, are, that are trying to like knock you off course, amen? And uh, so I want to encourage you this morning that we need to study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He never lost sight of where he was headed. Jesus had a one-way ticket and a one-way ticket only. His one-way ticket was, I'm here to do the will of the Father and the will of the Father only. I have no other option. Amen? When you want to get to your land that God has promised you, this is number one. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And I mean that. You need to keep your eyes on what Jesus did and what he wants to do through you. Because too many people today, I believe nobody talks about the enemy. Everybody's just calling everything good in God. Nobody ever talks, man, I really feel like, like Satan's trying to knock me off course. I know, I know that this looks good, but I don't feel, is this God or is this Satan? Nobody says that. Everybody's like, oh, God's just leading me in this direction now, and God's taking me here, and God's doing this. No, God has one mission and one mission only. Amen? To restore humanity back into fellowship with him. And, and he wants to take you on a journey. And this morning, you got to know what God has called you to be and where he's called you to go. And you got to keep your eyes and don't worry about what anybody else is doing to the right or to the left. Because if God's called you to do something, then you stay in that mission until God calls you on the telephone and says, Sean, your mission has changed. All right, cool. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with what? Anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. Well, you don't know, Pastor. I did all this stuff, man. I served down there and nobody even said thank you. I worked in that nursery for years and nobody ever appreciated me. Think about what Christ endured for the race that he was in. I mean, I've been serving God for 19 years and can I tell you, I'm more fired up today than I've ever been in my life. Because I, I know the race that I'm in. And I don't care who's with me. I know what God has asked me to do. I'm not saying that to be heartless, okay? I'm saying that because I got to keep my eyes on the price. I got to keep my eyes on the land that God has promised me. I got to keep my eyes on the land flowing with milk and honey because God has that for us. And I'm going to tell you, I'm way off topic and I don't even care. But God has a place for all of us to go. He has a land that he's promised to us. Think about the children of Israel. And, and he led them out and he said, look and see what I 
have for you. Amen? Look and see what I have for you. How many of you have felt like God has given you a glimpse of what he has for you? Amen? Do I have any friends? You see it, you're like, and then today I want to talk to you because maybe some of you have not seen it. You, maybe you've seen glimpses of it. Maybe if we could be honest for a minute, I'd love to take the history and also, and, and, we, and we hold it for its history, but I believe there's a deeper message to the Old Testament that we can apply to our spiritual life too. And many of you, you've seen the cities. You've seen the things conquered in your life. You've seen things set free from your life. You've seen things broken off your life. You've seen the enemy conquered in different areas. And you've, you've seen a glimpse. And maybe some of you are kind of walking in this promise, but something doesn't feel just right. I'm going to tell you today that I have, hopefully, an answer for you by the Holy Spirit. Amen? He said that I'm going to endure whatever. And now here, now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. You may say to yourself, I want to keep my eye on Jesus and keep working toward his promise, but you don't know the pressure I'm under. Do I have any friends? Amen. Can I tell you that there is nothing in my flesh that wanted to do what we did yesterday? I'm just going to be honest. Amen. Do you know the pressure we were under to make that happen? I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me. I'm just saying there's things that, that God asks you to do that are not easy. And it's really fun when you're sleepless tired and somebody in the line is yelling at you because they're not happy with their free stuff and they're not happy waiting for it. But I'm in a race and I don't care what people say. It's easy to go, well, I put all of my time, all of my effort, all of my heart, all of my soul into that thing and the people. Amen? And you go, forget it. I'm never doing this again. Right? What does the enemy want to do? He wants to use people to discourage you and knock you out of the race. That's all he wants to do. And yesterday, it was cool. I felt like a shift in my heart. Because in times past, I probably would have like treated them a little differently. But I just stood there, and I smiled. And I was pretty straight, though. I was like, you know what? I am sorry you're frustrated. We love you. All these people in these blue shirts love you. They're all volunteers today. Nobody's getting paid a dime to do this. Everything we're giving you today is free. And, and we just want you to know we love you today. And man, walked away. Ten minutes later, this person grabbed me and says, forgive me for being ungrateful. Amen. Come on. But my flesh wanted to say, get out of here. I'm kidding. I would never do that. I'm a Christian. Today, I'm serious. I don't even think it. I'm so, I'm so holy. Today, in the pursuit of God's plan for our lives, individually and corporately, you have to get some things settled in your heart. Like that one-way ticket, no matter what, I can't go back, okay? No matter what, I can't go back. No matter what, I'm not going to turn. I am on a one-way ticket to the final destination, which is eternity with my heavenly Father, and that is it. I'm not going to move from the right or to the left. I don't care if you're going to try and knock me off course, devil. It may look like God, like you tempted Jesus, but I got my eyes fixed on a promise that God has for my life, and I'm not going to move. 
You got to get that in your heart because if you don't, the devil comes and he gives you one degree off. They say one degree off in a rocket ship, that thing headed towards the moon will never touch the moon. It'll be millions of miles off course by the time it gets to the moon. Can I tell you that the devil will give you things to knock you off course one degree that look good. They look like God. He promised Jesus all. He tempted him with all kinds of stuff because he knew if he could get us off one degree, one degree, that our final destination would not be eternity with God. Let that settle in your heart for a minute. Number two, how do we get to our promise? For some of you, you say, man, I don't even know Jesus. <laughs> what is this crazy bald guy doing? I don't even know. I've never even heard God talk to me. I've never even sat in church before. I'm going to take you on a journey today. But number one, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Number two, take no prisoners. Okay? When, when, you, when you got your eyes on Jesus, you got to know something that Whatever he tells you to do, you need to do. Turn to Judges chapter 1, please, this morning. You know, uh, as I'm trying to summarize, man, I could spend 12 hours on this, and I, I always try to, like, I feel bad. I can't just use a scripture and just preach on it. I have to, like, set the story so that you know where I'm coming from. And so in Judges chapter 1, Moses was promised, for those of you that don't know, that he would lead the people out of Egypt, which he did, and then he was promised that they would inhabit the land that God had for them. Moses never got to see Joshua and Caleb rise up. They, they begin to conquer. They begin to see God fulfilling his promise to them. Like many of you in this room, you begun to see God fulfilling his promise in your life. He, he was breaking things, so to say, in the spirit. He was setting you free from things and, and doing you know, what God had promised to do. And, and as you begin to put yourself in their shoes, as Joshua and Caleb and the armies of Israel went and began to possess this land and things began to move in their life like many of you have experienced in your life, or maybe today you've not even seen the promise of God. You've not even seen things yet, but God has a land that he's promised to you. And so as they did that, now it comes to Judges chapter 1, and Joshua is about to pass. Actually, he passes, and so God says in um, Judges 1 verse 2, he says, now Judah, I have given the inhabitants into your hand, okay? God's promise is, is, is it's carrying on to another generation. God always keeps a remnant, amen, in the land to continue the cause of Christ, restoring lost people back into fellowship with God, Okay? And you're here today because God wants to restore relationship with you back to him. He wants to be your father. He wants to forgive you. He wants to heal you. He wants to redeem you. And so we get to the end of chapter 1 and verse number 28. And it came to pass when Israel was strong. I don't know how you guys have ever felt. Today I feel, I feel good. Amen? God did some awesome stuff yesterday. Tomorrow, who knows how I'll feel. Amen? But today I feel strong. And I feel like I could do anything. I feel like I could run across this sanctuary on top of your heads and not fall down. Okay, I feel like I could do walk on water. Anybody else do that? Like you go camping, you go to the lake, and you're just like, you actually like try to walk on water. Anybody do that? Am I the only crazy one in the room? Like, right? Like I get by water, and maybe it's because I don't want my shoes to get wet. That's probably what it is. But I'm just like, God, am I close enough to you today that maybe... I could walk on water. God, maybe today, like, you and I, like, we're clicking, right? Like, today could be the day that Sean walks on water. I don't care if anybody sees it just for me, God. Like, are we that close today, right? Does anybody ever have those moments? Like, you're, like, asking God, like, God, could I have that moment? Like, amen? Like, let's do it. Surf no, I tried to surf. I almost died. Okay, I'm talking about legitimately, like, no board, 
feet, okay? And now my kid, man, his feet are so huge. I'm like, I could definitely walk on water if I had his feet. He's got a size 14 foot. I'm like, man, he, anyways, Israel was strong. Now the commandment was that they were to go and to conquer and to kill the inhabitants of the land. When you have a moment with God, the kids, they got back from camp. This is the verse that, that I shared with them. You get back from camp and you feel like this spiritual high. I don't know if any of you have ever had that experience with God or maybe on a Sunday morning you've experienced the presence and the power of God and you're just like, wow, God is like real. Anybody ever have that moment where you're just like, God's real. I feel like I could walk on water today. I feel like I could whatever <laughs> I want to do, you know, and, and God would just do it, right? And, and so, but what happens is, is in those moments when we feel God the most, what he's doing is he's giving you the strength and the faith to do what he's asking you to do, to do business with your enemies. Amen. And so here, Israel, they knew what the commandment was, but it says that they got so strong when they were strong they'd been conquering and conquering and conquering. They get to this city and for whatever reason, I'm going to, I know why in a minute, but for whatever reason, they felt they were strong enough to change God's plan. Okay. And they said, I know what God's asking, but let's keep these people alive for our, whatever you want to call them, slaves, captives. So the Canaanites were under tribute or forced labor, but they did not completely drive them out. Say, well, what does this have to do with me today, Pastor Sean? When you give your life to Christ, he speaks a promise into your heart. And then he begins to show you what you need to drive out of your life. He begins to say, um, this is the promise that I have. He gives you a glimpse. He, he, he shows you. He doesn't show you everything. The Bible says that he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And what that is, and they, had, they used to have these little lamps that they stuck on the, their foot. They were like a little candle, like a little tea light. And, and why they use that scripture is because what it would do is that little candle light would just light enough light for one step. Okay? So... When he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, what he's doing is God is just lighting one step at a time. See, our problem is, is we lose in the race because we want to see the finish instead of just seeing the next step. Okay? And, and sometimes the first step that we need to take with God is kill some stuff. Amen? And, and when you need to keep your eyes on Jesus, it's, that's how you find your strength to begin to kill is because you know what Christ did. Amen. And, and, and we remember, that's why I read that in Hebrews 12, is we, we keep our eyes on him and what he did and what he endured. So when it's time to start doing battle, I know that he's going to give me the victory over whatever is in my life that needs to die. But here's what happens, is we encounter this loving God. We have these moments in his presence, and, <clears throat> and we feel strong, and we feel mighty, and then we begin to think, I'm strong enough to control this in my life. I'm, I'm strong enough to, I can, I can handle a little bit. I'm in control of this. And you guys can fill in the blank. I'm not going to fill in the blank. I got my own issues I'm trying to kill, okay? But you can fill in the blank, okay? But, but here's what happens. You go on to read in Judges chapter 2, 
I believe it is in verse number one, because they did this, God has to deal with his children. It says, the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bacham and said, I led you up from Egypt. I brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. Some of you in this room, God set you free. Your Egypt is your place of bondage. It's the place of sin. It's the place that you were before you encountered Christ. Some of you today, you're, you're here today, and you may be living in your Egypt right now. You feel like there's no hope. You feel broken. You're, you're depressed. You're lonely. You have addictions in your life. You have hurts in your life. You have pain, and, and that's your place of Egypt. But look at what God wants to do. He wants to bring you from that land of which I swore to your fathers, and I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? When you begin to think about what God is asking of us, I love passages like this because I, I don't know about you. I do a lot of self-examination, but what I do is I stick my, my feet right into that passage and I say, God, what are you trying to speak to me right now? And I feel like God just began to to light it up in my life. And he said, what I'm trying to say is, what are you keeping alive that's supposed to be dead? What are you hanging on to from your own life that, that has nothing to do with the place of promise that I have you to go? Amen. You're supposed to have a one-way ticket and you keep the round-trip ticket in the back of your pocket just in case I don't work for you. Take no prisoners. Kill them. What is God asking you to kill? See, when you're in your moment with God and he gives you the strength, you no- must do business with your enemies. This morning, what is your Egypt? Is it addiction? Is it unforgiveness? Is it pain? Is it neglect? Is it wrongs that have been done? Is it your own self-guilt? Is it own your heart? What is it? Is it depression? Is it loneliness? See, moments or encounters with God always come to give us the confidence, strength, and boldness, and faith to deal with the bondages of the enemy in our lives. See, what you allow to live in your life, contrary to his word, will be the thing that destroys his promise in your future. And I say this because I see this today is there's a lot of, I don't know, I'm glad I'm not God. Seriously. Because of the things that, that we are saying are okay, that I feel are maybe contrary to his word, but we're trying to find this way to make it right. And it's easy to justify sin. If I wanted to be honest with you today, I could justify a lot of things. But when I keep my eyes on Jesus, he begins to show me what needs to die. And the only time I begin to make excuses for what can live are when I'm trying to go somewhere that God has not called me to go. Sorry, this is just too real today. Number three, keep your eyes on Jesus take no prisoners, and move on. You you can't think about what you've left behind. Amen. You can't think about who you've cut off. One of the young ladies Tuesday night, she goes, man, I, I, I know what I need to kill in my life, not physically kill. Okay. I know what I need to cut off. I know, I know what I need to separate from, but I'm worried how they'll take it. And, 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 Here's what happens sometimes is when God begins to show you the things you need to separate from, I think too many times we care more about the thing we're leaving than the place that God's taken us. Amen. We're, we're more worried about, I enjoyed that though. 
I, I'm strong enough to just like every once in a while. Amen. He says, no, you got to kill it. Amen. First Corinthians or second Corinthians one and verse number nine this morning says, yes, we have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. I don't know if any of you are like me in this room, but I don't deserve the life I have. I truly deserve death. I truly deserve to be in prison, to be dead in a grave six feet under. But because of his great grace and his great love, he saw in me something greater than I ever saw in myself. And he's the one who delivered me from so great a death. And he's the one that does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Think about this for a moment this morning. You can't defeat the demons you enjoy playing with. See, we don't, we don't talk about the dark side of, of life. We, we love the, the bright light, the happy God moments, but if there's this God in heaven and this promise and this good, there's also the enemy of darkness, amen? And, and you, can't, you can't have victory over the things that you enjoy playing with. So you have to get to the place in your spirit where you believe that what God has for you, this land flowing with milk and honey, this healing, this freedom, this joy, this peace is greater than anything this world has to offer. And, and you'll be free from guilt. You'll be free from slavery. Some people say, man, I don't know. Letting go of my past means I got to cut some people off. And then I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but there's some people that I've cut off in my life and now they go, oh, you think you're better than me now? Because what are they trying to do? They're trying to hang on. They're trying to pull you and keep you back. And it's not to be heartless and it's not to be uncompassionate, but there's just some people I can't Spend my free time with. I mean, there's, there's people that I love. I, I'm in the world, man. Trust me, I am in there. I am hanging out with, I, I love that, man. Yesterday was, was, we were loving our community, but we didn't have to compromise. We didn't have to put on secular music for them to come in. Just going to be really honest. We didn't have to serve alcohol to draw the families in. Amen. I don't have, I'm not going to fill in any blanks, but we didn't have to compromise who we are as God's people to have fellowship with the unbelievers. Amen. But, but I think sometimes we try to say, well, I have to have this to reach these people because really what we're saying is I'm not strong enough to kill what God is asking me to kill. So I'm going to make an excuse to keep it in my life. Ephesians chapter four, as I wrap this up today. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22. You can turn in there if you'd like. What is your Egypt today? What's the place that God's brought you from? Think about that for a moment. And Sometimes I think it's easy to lose sight of where God's brought us, or maybe you feel like you're in that today. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22. Since then... We do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything. I do mean 
everything connected with that old way of life has to go. Don't you love scripture? Look at the, the Old Testament and the New Testament perfectly married together right now. God said, kill it all. Get rid of it. It's, it does not belong in your life. You don't want them. You don't need them. You don't, there's nothing to gain from them. You need to get rid of what? Everything that is connected with your old way of life. It is rotten through and through. Get rid of it. I shared Tuesday night when I gave my heart to the Lord. I moved out here with a duffel bag. I don't know, some kind of thing. It was like a, anyways, doesn't matter. That's all I had left. And a, and a backpack. And I brought whatever clothes I had. And I brought my music and whatever drugs I had left. Because that's all that mattered to me. As long as I had some, I could get high and listen to music, life was good. Just being honest. Amen? And, uh, and so I remember, though, I smoked up the weed real quick because I didn't want to get caught with it. And, um, and I got rid of the other stuff. And, but I remember I, I kept my music and I think I even kept like some, some, uh, I don't even know what you call them anymore, but I call them joint papers, whatever. And, uh, I remember I kept them up in this bag up in my closet and, uh, and I, I remember just shoving them away and Sunday I gave my heart to the Lord and then Tuesday night they drug me to church. I lived with pastor and um, was like, whoa, going to church again already? It was just Sunday. Now you want me to go Tuesday? (laughs) And then I went to work with Pastor Cole. We worked with a youth pastor at the time doing stucco on Monday morning. So then Tuesday we worked again and I'm just exhausted. I mean, strung out. I mean, I am just I'm detoxing from meth and they got me up on scaffolding. I'm packing hot. I don't know if you know what that is, but it is the worst job on the face of the earth. Okay. You're just carrying cement on your shoulder, five gallon buckets. And, and at the time he was working on this house in Serrano when they were first building around the golf course. I mean, I don't even know how big this thing was. 20,000 square. I mean, it was just, I've never seen a house that big in my life. And, and we had to stucco the outside and the inside. Okay. And I personally carried probably at least half of the stucco that is on that house, okay? Torture, pain. And so by Thursday, I'm exhausted, right? I get home and I shower and I'm just like, huh. And that, that time we had school ministry on Thursday nights and I'm done and I'm just like, I am ready to die. And pastor's like, you going to Bible school tonight? And I'm like, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. I'm like, you're wacky, like in my head. I didn't say that out loud. Okay. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not, I just went Sunday, Tuesday. I'm good for like five more years. Cause I hadn't been to church in a long time. Right. Forget CEO. I'm like, I got, I get two in one week. I'm good at least for a year. Right. I'm like school of ministry. And how do you say no to pastors? Has pastor ever asked any of you to do anything? Right. Have any of you ever said no to him? No, you don't. He looks at you. You're like, whatever you want, pastor. Like it, And so I'm like, I go, and I remember just going, wow, and just, and then it just began this, this thing in my life, and God just began to speak to me, and, and through this journey, I started going Sunday morning, and at that time, oh yeah, I forgot, we had Sunday night church too, so I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, bad math, four times in the first week I lived here, okay, and I'm just like, what is going on, but in that process, God began to speak to me. And he began to tell me, like, what he's going to do with me. And I'm just, like, sitting there going, 
Oh, no, 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 God. You don't know who I am. I ain't going to do that. I do not like being in front of people. Not happening, right? And God began to say, like, I need you to get rid of some things in your life. I need you to cut off everything, everything from your old life, okay? I had this bag, and actually what it had, it had this music, it had some joint papers, and it had some love letters from my girlfriend that she'd already cheated on me and left me. But I'm hanging on like, maybe there's hope. And, uh, and God's like, why are you hanging on to this stuff? And I'm going, and I'm arguing with him. Like, I don't know, in case I want to listen to it again. Like, in case I ever want to get nostalgic. And I began to go, wait a second, why am I hanging on to this? And God began to say, Sean, it's time to let some things go. And I had this pesky little sister that prayed for me to be here. It's all her fault that I'm here today. And, and then that day, I'm, I'm being silly. I'm so thankful that she prayed for me. And there was a lot more people praying, but I like to pick on her. And, um, and I remember I, I grabbed that bag one night, and I pulled it down, and I'm sitting in the living room. Nobody was home except for her and me. And, and she comes up, and she's like, what is this? And she starts kind of thumbing through it and she had heard of someone. She's like, why do you, you have this and this and this and this? Oh my God. You know, I'm just like, back off Jack. Right. CDs back then were like 15 bucks. I had like probably close to a hundred or I don't know how many, a lot. And I'm just like, can I sell them? At least get some money back. Like, right. How we start just right. Like God, you want me to just throw these away? This is a lot of money that you want me to throw away. And I'm arguing with God why I can't get rid of everything. But yet at the same time, God's saying, Sean, I have this race and I have this destination and I have this place flowing with milk and honey for your life, but I need you to get rid of this backpack. Amen. Amen. I need you to get rid of these things that you think you're strong enough to maintain control over. And I remember that day, man, I finally go, all right, God, I'm giving it to you. I am throwing this away. And I remember I walked out, man, that was the hardest trash I ever had to put in the dumpster. Boom. But I let go of everything from my old life. But look at what he says. Once you get rid of it, then you take on an entirely new way of life, a God fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside, working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Church, can I tell you this morning, we can have no fellowship with the enemies of God within us or around us. It's only to our heart. We have to put off the old ways. We have to put off the old stuff because why? Because the Bible says, we read it in Judges chapter two, that it would be like a thorn in our flesh. Amen. It will be this agitation that will eventually keep you from getting to the final place that God has for your life. What are you hanging on to that's keeping the promise of God withheld in your life? You, you can taste it. You can see it. You can feel it. But maybe today in you're, you, you've been serving God for a while. And, and I think about these 
children of Israel, and they'd seen the goodness of God. They'd seen things happen. They'd seen breakthrough. They'd seen things unfolding before their life, but they began to question whether they really need to do everything that God commanded them to do. And maybe you're in this place today and you say, man, I just feel like lately God hasn't been moving like he used to, or maybe he's not, you know, whatever. Like maybe I'm not hearing, maybe I'm not seeing. I would ask you, is there something from the past that you've never killed that's keeping you from the next place of promise that God has for your life? See, those thorns create an uneasiness in your spirit that causes man to begin to take for granted what God has done. Why? Because we begin to question why we still feel what we feel if God is so great in our lives. See, if God is so great, why do I still feel this thing? And I would ask you today, instead of considering why, maybe we'd ask God what? God, what needs to die? What needs to change in me? God, what, what, what is it that's keeping the milk and honey from flowing in my life, so to say? God, what is it that, that's holding me? Like, God, I know I'm on this edge. Like, I'm right here. Like, I feel it. I sense it. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the people in my life. Remember we talked about it in the beginning. Maybe it's the, I need to just get rid of some people. Maybe I need to find a different place. Maybe I need to do, like, we start looking at everybody else around us. Maybe it's, I need to, I'm not going to fill in the blanks. Oh boy. Um, instead of going, God, maybe I need to look at myself and go, what have I kept that I'm just uneasy and I, and I feel like it's everybody else, but it's probably me. Sorry, that's ugly, but it's reality. Instead of considering what we must change in us, we begin to take for granted the future promise and think bondage is a better place to live. I didn't feel this when I was in Egypt. Life wasn't this hard when I was in Egypt. Can I share this last verse with you today? Sorry, it's not the last. I'm not going to lie. Two more after it. But they're just short. But this one is the thing. Band, if you guys could come. Jeremiah chapter 4 says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. And do not sow among thorns. What isn't producing in your life today, church? Do you feel like your prayers aren't being answered? You feel like God's not hearing you? Do you feel like, man, man, be the worship team's missing it these days? Maybe sound guy needs to get some Q-tips. You know, I, I wish this was different. You know, what, what is, what's the fallow ground in your life where you begin to think that it's everything else around you instead of maybe what God is trying to break up and stir in your heart? I thought the word of prophecy was so great today that God wants to cut some things from our life. He says, don't sow among the thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. What is, what is between you and God today? Is there something that you're carrying from old life in your backpack? You know, yesterday was an amazing day. And so many of you tasted and saw a glimpse of What's possible? 
And I'm not trying to share that to conjure up anything other than the fact that I believe that God has a promise for us individually, for us as a, as a body and a family. And there are people in this church that have prayed and have given and have sown and have, have tasted and, and seen a glimpse of what is possible. And I feel like God is challenging me to say this today, not for any other reason than there's more available. There's something greater on the other side of what needs to die. There, there, there's something on the other side that, that he's trying to take us to and, and don't lose heart in the fight. Don't lose heart in the race. Don't worry what's going on to the right or the left. I don't care who's president. I know who's king on the throne. I'm sorry, but, but, but my salvation is not dependent on a government. It's dependent on the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I don't care what happens in the natural. My promise is eternity with God. And I'm going to win souls no matter what's going on. So today, can I ask you a serious question? Is there something that's hardened in your life? Is there something that you're carrying in your backpack that you just have justified and you haven't let go of? And I, I feel like that word, man, God wants to purify and cleanse. He wants to redeem. There's, there's people that are in Egypt and in bondage and they need to be set free and we need to be the answer for God in the earth today. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to what? The power that works in us. Can I tell you, friend, that there is more power in you than you'll ever even tap into? The creator of the heavens and the earth said, Let us make man after our image. After our likeness, he put himself in us. And you don't think you can get victory over one little thing in your life? Keep your eyes on Jesus and the powers on the inside of you. Say, well, Pastor Sean, I've been at this a long time. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Listen to this, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number three. When you find yourself flagging in your faith... Go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through. I wish I, I didn't have enough time, man. I wanted to grab some pictures of what, you know, the Passion of the Christ was such an amazing visual of what Christ endured. When you think about what Christ did for us and what God allowed to happen to his son because of his love for humanity. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Can I encourage you today, brother and sister, think about what Christ has done.
Think about the price that's been paid for you. Think about the blood that's been shed. Think about the sacrifice that's been made. And think about the promise that he has for us. There's nothing from your past that can compare with what he has in store for your future. You got to believe it in your heart. I believe that there's a lot more than 375 little <clears throat> students that we can help next year. I believe there's a lot more to be done in this community. There's a lot of unsaved people that need to know that God's love is greater than anything they can ever have in this earth. We live in a region that over 70% of El Dorado County claims zero religious affiliation, and I think that it's time for us to be the change agent in El Dorado County. Would you bow your heads this morning? Huh. There's two people in here today. Number one, you've never allowed Christ, his sacrifice, his blood, and his redemption to touch your life. But today, you're here. You don't even know why. Can I tell you it's because he's got something greater in store. He has a promise for your life. I'm not saying that you won't get a flat tire. I'm not saying you won't have a dead battery or your freezer won't die. I'm not saying life won't happen. But what I am saying is when you allow Christ into your life, he brings a joy, a peace, and a fulfillment knowing that I will not spend eternity in hell, but I will spend eternity with my Father in heaven in this land flowing with milk and honey. And it is worth it to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you today, friend, you say, Pastor Sean, I'm ready. I am tired of Egypt. I'm tired of bondage. I am tired of brokenness. I am tired of hurt. I'm tired of depression. I am tired of life. If that's you today and you're ready for an infusion of adrenaline into your life and allow Christ to begin to change you from the inside, would you raise your hand right now and say, Pastor Sean, that's me. I need Jesus Christ to touch my life and to change me from the inside. If that's you, would you raise your hand today, friend? Anybody at all? Amen. All right. Everybody in here knows the Lord. I believe I was speaking to some hearts today that there's some fallow ground in your life. There's some things that have been like that thorn in your side. They're like these things I shared in first service, like when, when my sock isn't right inside my shoe, I can't function. Amen? Like it's just this agitation. Okay? When, when <laughs> it's just you can't, you just it, just, it becomes a distraction in your life. Amen. And there's two different types, types of thorns. Paul had a thorn in the flesh that was sent to buffet him. And what that was, it was, it was to keep him humble before God. There's the thorn of humility. But, but this thorn is different that I'm talking about today. This is the thorn of compromise. And God's saying today is the day that we, we leave compromise. We, we circumcise our hearts and we say, God, for whatever reason, something has been in my life that is keeping that promise from being fulfilled in my life and I'm ready to do business with you. Remember I said one moment in God's presence gives you the power and the strength to do business with your enemies. And there's somebody in here today that God's saying it's time to do business with your past. You can stand to your feet this morning. The band's going to play and I'm going to open these altars and maybe you want to come and kneel and have that conversation with God and say, God, what is it? that needs to die in my life? 
What is it that I've carried from my past? What is it that's, that I've been carrying in a way that, that, that it's hindering the, the promise of you in my life? You guys can all stand to your feet this morning. You've been sitting long enough and listening to me, but there's something that, that God wants to show you today because there's a place he wants to take us, but we can't bring our past with us. So if that's you today and you want to come and find your place at this altar for a moment, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to stand with you as the band begins to sing. Maybe you would find your way down here, and if not, You can worship and you can pray for those that come forward this morning. Amen.